This podcast contains adult situations, horror themes, and disturbing content, and may not be suitable for all audiences. Enjoy! Welcome, my darling, to episode 12 of the Blood Crow Stories. Your brain activity spiked quite a bit last night. How wonderful. We may have to up the intensity as we continue. I don't even know how to begin this episode. This is no longer my thesis. This is terrifying, but I can't stop. This is going to get so much worse before it gets better. I turned in my thesis, and I've been spending this time just finishing up classes and trying to do anything I can to focus. Just the I'm just going to continue with the show. It's insane, but it feels like the only thing I have to cling to anymore. I should even know if I'm going to turn this tape into you. I don't want to leave my room. I can't leave my room. He's... He's out there. The thing is out there. He could be in this room for all I know. He could be in this room. And how would I know? He's killing all those poor people. And I know. I know. But I can't stop him. No one would even want to listen to me. You're the only one who's listened to us from the start. Please, Doctor, you have to believe me. There's a monster here. He's going to take all of us. All we can do is... wait to die. <laughs> you know... I got in this boat to have a better life. This is the punishment God gives me. I didn't do the noble thing and go to war, and now he sent his very demon to terrorize me. Oh, you have to believe me, Doctor. They'll, they'll, they'll tell you the chef killed himself, but he didn't. He didn't. It was that monster inside of him, making him do things and I think he was I think he was possessed oh lord save me, what kind of place is this one, possessions and demons are on fire I need a priest Dr. Wright I need a priest you, you'll help me find one, right? I, I don't think that I can last much longer. Please, I... I don't think that I can last much longer. I wish I could say Aiden's paranoia is at a major flare-up, but I can't. I feel the same way he does. I want a priest and I'm not even religious. I want to scream at these tapes till they can hear me and get out of there. But that's not how it goes, is it? I'm going to have to sit here and listen to all of these 
They deserve that. Every single one of them deserves that. I am doing patient updates. Mary Washburn has taken over the tape recorder assigned to Tommy Washburn. I initially advised her that this was unnecessary, but she insisted. She said it makes her feel close to him, a feeling that I find fascinating, given her previous aversions to him. I hope these tapes will illuminate what she has been experiencing. I wish to go comfort her, but it is not my place. As her doctor, I must maintain a professional relationship, even if my own desires are to care for her as one would a friend in need, though that would be a terrible idea. I find myself having the same thoughts for Aiden. He hasn't turned in any recent tapes, and I feel seeking him out would give an impression of um, personal attachment. Uh, it's strange. I feel so... I so feel that a personal attachment to my patients... I've never felt this before. Mm -hmm. Perhaps this is because previously I could walk away, go home, and step away from everything involving my patients. But now I feel as if we are all almost like roommates. We see each other almost daily and all exist in this one world together. I need to find a way to detach. I need to return to being their doctor instead of their friend. As sad as that sounds, that's oddly very comforting. There's something I've struggled with in thinking about my future. I mean, I'm a really loving guy. I, I care about people. That's why I went after this major in the first place. I care, and I want to help people, but I've always been afraid. This is where I draw the line. How can I not take my work home with me? How can I separate my feelings away from the patients? How can I not engage them in public if I see them in a bad situation? If I'm helping an alcoholic and I see them in a bar, do I go over? Do I not? It's a lot. And I've been so scared that I would be really bad at this. But there's, there's Dr. Weissman. He's a pro at this. He's been at this for so many years, and yet he still struggles with this. It really humanizes him to me. And I guess, at this phase, I needed that. My thesis was essentially just what I thought my teacher wanted. I stuck with facts, and I obviously didn't scream about demons and shit. Not or not demons, but you know what I mean, right? <sighs> okay, let's keep going. I've got another from Gigi. Oh, new person, new story. Plus, it seems like she was sort of a celebrity then. So, <laughs> this is going to be awesome to have tapes of her. These dinner shows are so disappointing. The music is mediocre. The costumes are cheap. The singer is decent. The sets are so painfully obvious. 
I feel like they are trying way too hard. This is nothing like Paris. In Paris, every single show is expensive and refined. It is a dream playing right in front of you. But that's what you get for trusting the entertainment to the Americans. Nothing here will be of high enough class. Oh dear, but I am stuck here all the same. I certainly would not be mortal with some silly war. I am where I should be. Perhaps if the boat is deemed a success, they will make more. And perhaps I can move to a true luxury liner. Oh, Gigi! Gigi! Hmm. This is the way to make the ship so low class. Whoever made the decision to let those gangsters on should be fired or at least dismissed. Gigi! Ah, uh, hey, I, how you been enjoying uh, everything? Wonderful. Can't you see I'm busy recording my memoirs on the new device? I need peace and quiet. Yeah, yo, yeah, me too. Uh, it's really great to see you again. Dal and I were just sitting over there. I realized you were sitting alone, and... Oui, I prefer it that way. Ah, yeah, I know how you feel. Some good alone time. Uh, anyway, I was going to see if maybe you wanted to grab some brunch special tomorrow morning with me. I mean, yeah, I know your father through business, but that doesn't mean we can't be social here. Don't call it business. It's hardly that. What do you mean? You don't have to speak polite of my father. I know quite well what most of his fortune comes from. The protection your racket group of crawlies run for him. Hey, now, now wasn't no racket. Your father had very influential friends. Those kind of friends attract some really unsavory types, so we just... Uh... I know what you did. You don't have to feed me some silly little story. I'm not one of those little fears that find your job glamorous. Oh, I know. That's why I like you. But more. That, that, that's why I'm asking you to have brunch with me. You're... You're a real stand-up gal, you know? You got a good head on your shoulders, and you don't take shit from no one. Including you. Hey! Where are you going? Barry, what did you say to her? He didn't have to say anything. You two are simply beneath me. I don't want anyone thinking I have any connections with the likes of you. What was that again? Dala, calm down. Shut up, Barry! You think we're beneath you? I know you are. I earned my money without lying killing or robbing innocent people. I will never go to breakfast with either of you, ever. Nor do I wish to speak with either of you ever again. Hey, come on, let's lower your voice. People are staring. What's wrong? Does that sting? Don't want everyone here to know what kind of people you are. Afraid to know what kind of trash you come from. Trash? Do you have problems hearing? Look, we left all that behind. We're starting a new life and we're just trying to live quietly. <laughs> Does that laugh? You too quiet? Stay away from me. I don't need any two worthless gangsters, not with an ounce of class between them, anywhere near me. Your father is the one who came to us. He asked us for a service, and we provided it. He paid us. That's just good business, sweetheart. Stay away from me, you little piece of gutter trash. I will not tell you again. Vous descendez, dear dur. Is it just me, or... Is anyone else worried for Gigi? I mean, yeah, she had every right to tell them off, but that was really harsh. I don't want to think for a second that she should have maybe more politely declined Barry, but I certainly wouldn't be instigating two gangsters for any reason. I mean, maybe she knows more about them than we do, and knows they wouldn't actually do anything to her because of who she is. I don't know. But we already saw what Darla did to Nora. I'm not ready for how Darla's going to take this. Ugh, and there's another tape from Gigi. <laughs> I guess let's just keep going with it. So never those two. I know why they talk to me. They think I'm stupid. I won't let the trash rat 
on the hem of my dress to reach a higher status. I know all about Barry, more than he knows. He thinks he's so secret of the waiter, but anyone can hear them messing around, and if they get within five feet of your door, his offer from breakfast was not genuine. It was a way to get in my good graces. Hmm. My father may have appreciated those low-life crime family, but I assure hell don't. The Abiyazis can rot in hell for I care. I came here for peace and serenity and surrounded by luxury. I am not going to settle for a single bit less. I have no need to care about anyone below me, or anything they say. I'm getting lazy for bed. Getting angry is surely bad for my complexion. None. I'm not letting you in. You're like some wild animal. What is wrong with you? What's wrong with you? We're here trying to start over. Make a good life. We're not that shit we used to be anymore. Trash is trash, Monfil. Trash is what you started out as. That is what you are. And that is all you'll ever be. You watch your fucking mouth. All innocent and fancy while wearing that beautiful silk dressing gown. I remember exactly where you got that from. Some traitor made a threat on your father. We got rid of him, and you accepted that gown quite happily. Seems like you only got time for us when it benefits you. But of course, is that what people like you are for? I reap the benefit of you getting your hands dirty. That's the way the works worlds, Dala. So fall in line and learn your place. Your lower class scum. And that is all you'll ever amount to. Just accept it. It is much simpler that way, yes? You bitch! Like we never left Queens. You're the one talking about starting over, having a new life, being free of all the old stuff. I guess some people can't change. Come on, get up, get up. Mary, I swear I did. You did, and now I gotta help you clean this up. Come on, we're gonna make it look like an accident. What you got in here? What can what makes a bash what makes a bash face around here? All right, I got it. Yeah, Br bring her to the bathroom. Come on, come on, I'll help you. Come on, come on. What are we gonna do with her? Just trust me, all right? Alright, pick her up, pick her up, stand her up, careful, careful with the water. Now, on the count of three, we're gonna drop her. Face is gonna hit the tub, you got it? Yeah, make sure her face hits the tub. That's right, alright, ready? Ready, three, two, one. Uh. Now, don't touch her. It's gotta look like she just slipped and fell, alright? That porcelain is good and broken, too. Should cover up what you did. Barry, I swear I didn't. I don't know why I did, but I didn't mean to. Yeah, you never mean to. Don't be cruel. Come on, let's go. Wait. What is it now? The dresser. That's that recording device she was talking about, ain't it? Yeah? It's moving. Don't that mean like it's working? Like like anyone can hear? Ah, shit. Quick, get it, get it, get it, get it, get it. <sighs>
At this point, am I even allowed to be surprised? I mean, at least with Darla, I can imagine her hurting someone. That's what she used to do for a living. But, but it's her voice. Is it just me, or does it sound like the same voice from Tommy and Aiden's tapes? Is that this monster's plan, just to keep possessing people and torturing them? I don't know how much I can bear to hear of that, but I keep telling myself that they all deserve this. They deserve for someone to know what happened to, to them, but if this is what happened to me, would I want anybody else to know? Keep going. I, um, I guess I just need to keep going. I'll figure out along the way how I feel about all this. God, I am drained beyond recognition. I could really use a break. It's almost done, Leo. What do you think? Oh, it's beautiful. I really love it. I'm, I'm sad for you to be done, though. Me too. But perhaps it's better this way. I'm married and you don't need a girl like me. Hey, hey, don't talk like that. You're amazing. You're the most amazing woman I've ever met. How many women have you met? Enough to know. Come here. I knew it! Petey. Don't you pity me, Fiona. I knew the whole time. You've been down here making a fool of me. Running down here with... Traipsed around with this filthy, dirt-peddling farmer like some whore. Fiona's a lady. Don't you dare call her that. I'll call her anything I damn well please. She's my wife. What did you forget that when you were putting your grimy mess all over her? Peter, stop it. This is your fault. My fault? Yes. You're cruel and you never listen to me. You treat me like a piece of discarded leftovers. You hit me. When you drink, you tell me my art doesn't matter. You don't love me and you never have. Fiona. I'm not going to put up with it anymore. You make me feel alone, even in a room full of people who treat their wife that way. Terrible men, that's who. The only thing I have that makes me happy anymore is Leo and, and Reginald and my art. Art, huh? What are you doing? Peter, where are you going? Hey, hey, get away from the animals. Peter was terrible to her, but I never imagined it would go that far. And he didn't have the voice. He didn't sound all, I don't know, possessed when he killed Reginald. I don't know which is worse. For it to have been the monster, or for it to just be who her husband really is. God, I hope Fiona stays in the farm. I don't want her to be anywhere near him. And... I'm really shocked Leo didn't kick his ass from here to next week. Well, but Fiona handled it herself, and that's more important to me. She is sweet and loving and deserved to end it her way and say what she needed to say. I'm going to try and take this as positively as I can, no matter what. I have to. <laughs> or I might just go nuts myself. 
telling you, you need to have me over when you're getting ready from now on. I am a grown woman. I do not need a chaperone. Didn't you hear about that French girl, Miss LaRoe? She was some rich, famous thing. Her daddy was some big man. No, I didn't. This morning, she apparently slipped in her bathroom on some water, hit her face on the tub so bad it broke. She's dead, Penny. God in heaven! And you with that trigonee? I don't want you getting ready without me there. I don't need you fussing over me. I can take care of myself, and my knee isn't that bad. Penny, a lot of people have been dying around here. That handsome young man hung himself. The chef I heard had an accident in the kitchen or something. Now this lady, and don't forget that young man from Valentine's Day, it just doesn't feel safe here anymore. Edith, you're really something. You know that, right? We've been out here a while now. Things are gonna happen. Accidents are gonna happen. It's no reason to get more up my ass than you already are. I'll be fine, and you can blame me completely if I fall and crush my face on a bathtub. Why do you have to be so damn stubborn? I told you! I turned my thesis in! Exactly! So it's time to stop this damn podcast. No, I, I can't! How can you not understand that? I understand that you're hiding things from me and Amelia, you're not sleeping, and you're doing worse at school. All this because of this damn thing we've asked you to stop so many times already. Why can't you actually respect something that's important to me for a change? Excuse me? When you worked yourself sick during your thesis, did I stop you? Fuck no! I knew how important it was to you, so I just supported you! But I never lied to you, hid things from you, you treat this podcast like it matters more to you than we do. Well, you know, at least a podcast can't belittle things I'm passionate about. They're dead, Max. Christ, how do I have to keep reminding you of that? They're fucking dead. It's a bunch of tapes of a bunch of dead people, and they matter more to you than us. For all the shit we've gone through together, you're just gonna act like none of that matters? More than a bunch of fucking dead people? Well, maybe all that shit, as you call it, wasn't worth it. You're out of your mind right now. Call us when you realize what really is important. Fine! I've got one more tape left for today. And then I think I'm just... Oh no, I'm gonna take a bath and do some thinking. What's that? It's uh, something for recording notes and findings. I've been attempting to use it in my practice, so I want to try and use it here as well. Okay, that's a bit strange, but all right. Uh, I needed to ask you, how much do you know about hearts? Well, I'm not a surgeon, but I can definitely find my way around. Okay, I asked because, do you know any reason why a heart would disappear? Obviously, no. Well, I asked because, okay, Take a look at our first body, Tommy Washburn. When I did the autopsy, his skin was perfectly intact, no sign of intrusion. Yet once I opened the chest cavity, the heart was missing. I don't mean ripped out either, it's as if it was just surgically cut out. That is... unusual. I thought perhaps I definitely missed something, except I did the autopsy of that chef fellow. He took a knife to the head, but same thing. Heart surgically removed, but no marks on his body whatsoever. Now, there's Gigi LaRue. She slipped in her bathroom, hit her face on the tub. Obvious cause of death. But with everything being so strange lately, I wanted you here for this autopsy. Do you mind? I don't mind at all. 
I would like to think you're just missing something, or someone had been messing with these bodies, but I understand the fear you're correct. This will be my first autopsy, but it'll, I will assist in the best way I can. Let's get started. Okay, so I've inspected the body, bruising and markings in line with the trauma to the body in the fall. Face has some really deep breaking, but depending on the intensity she fell and what she fell on, that can be common. So you want to take a look and make sure I didn't miss any scars or incisions, specifically in the heart area? All right, uh, let's see. Okay, nothing there. Smooth here. No skin texture of scarring. Looks good to me. So we agree there's nothing that shows anyone has ever performed surgery on this body. Yes, I'll say that with certainty. Okay, so then I will make the incisions and peel back the skin. Next we open the ribs. Can you pass me that device? No, the, the other one on your right. Your other right. Fourth one. Yes. This is for opening the ribs so I can see in everything clearly. Here, I'll help remove the pieces. Okay, thank you. So now, normally there's a long process at first, but I want to go straight to the heart. What in Jesus' name? Fuck. It's the same. You see this, right? It's just... gone. Yeah, you... You see it too. That means it's real. Fuck. You're right, too. It, it looks surgical. It's not ripped out. Pieces aren't broken. It just looks... removed. And that makes three now. Wait. What about the boy that got shot? He would make four. Uh, I didn't perform an autopsy for him. We all saw how he died. Do you think we should check? I mean, just to be sure? Uh, you're probably right. I'll get him. He's in the storage rooms. We can't really fully dispose of anything here. What do you think this is all about? I don't know. I'm getting kind of scared to find out. Blood Crow Stories is produced by Ellie Collins and Scott Moore. Season 1, The SS Utopia, is written by Ellie Collins. Sound production by Scott Moore. Dr. Wiseman is played by David Benedict. Max is played by Evan Ivey. Tommy Washburn is Judson Ragsdale. Mary Washburn is Laura Hauser. Aidan Manis is Joe Ravenson. Nora is Emily Thomas. Penny Rutherford is Angel Ash. Leo Moretti is Charlie Close. Fiona Bedivere is Amanda Van Heil. Mel Seff is Eric Ravenscraft. Additional voices provided by Zachary Vaudo, Eric Green, Javakus Green, Audrey Statler, Lindsay Van Pelt, Leif Ballard, Arun Matthew, Daniel Van Heil, and Gray Lynn. Subscribe on iTunes or the podcast app of your choice and follow us on Twitter at TBCS Podcast, Instagram at The Blood Crow Stories and Facebook at facebook.com backslash the Blood Crow Stories. Find us on Patreon at patreon.com backslash the Blood Crow Stories to become a patron and receive behind-the-scenes access, bonus episodes, and monthly chats with cast and crew.